When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast with me, Johnny McFarlane. Saturday will be the first time Marseille have graced Ibrox since a Titanic Champions League encounter 25 years ago. It was to be a defining European night, played out in a sodden, muddy pitch in the driving Glasgow rain. A 2-0 deficit was turned round when our guest today, Gary McSwigan, came off the bench on his European debut. Instantly spraying a wonderful ball out there for Mikhailichenko. Chenko. Hegley's gone into the middle, McSwigan's in there too. Will it come for McSwigan? There's his header, and he scores! What a substitution! His first touch of the ball, and he finds a glorious header from Mikhailichenko's cross and puts it in the back of the Marseille net. And helped create a brilliant Mark Hatley equaliser that threatened to blow the Ibrox roof clean off. Such was the explosion of noise from the celebrating fans. Rangers are coming for them again. This time Durant, finding McSweegan, a lovely ball play with the outside of the boot. Durant again, the cross comes in, and it's in there! Mark Hatley has made it 2-2! A fabulous comeback by Rangers! What a night this is turning out to be! Durant again, so much the architect of it, scorer and Rangers against every odd bring it back to 2-2. The kid's got another touch in there hasn't he McSwigan a great little give and go with Durant. For supporters of a certain age it's a defining memory and with Saturday's game approaching what better time to look back upon it. Basically I just wanted to ask you about your experience of that, that Marseille game it was obviously an incredible game just going into it what was the, the hype like? Nothing really any different to any other game, you know. The boys were at that stage, they, they were really focused. Uh, they're a strong squad, as you know. Majority of them are Scottish internationals. There was a couple of French players from the Scottish sort of set-up as well. We'll talk about boys like John Brown, who many others, maybe either, might have been involved in it more. But as a club player, they were valuable to Rangers, you know, David Robertson as well. So there's a lot of boys... Um, they were together for like a year, year and a half and they'd done really well. It was it was just a, a great experience to be a lot of boys who were strong minded individuals. I mean in terms of the game itself, you obviously came on with about fifteen minutes to go. Do you remember like the atmosphere when you came on? It was it was it was driving rain and the pitch was terrible. I don't know if you can remember much about it. Uh, no, I can't really remember too much about it, to be fair. I know leading up to the game we had, uh, I think there was a couple of injuries, and I think Goffey was carrying an injury as well during the game, and Goffey had to come off. So that gave, I mean, other boys being injured, they gave like, so myself and Stephen Presley and Neil Murray an opportunity in the game at some point. Because it was a 3-4 rule at the time as well, wasn't it? So it gave the young right, boys so a chance. One, 
Yeah, so in that respect, that's that's a positive for Scottish football in my eyes anyway, you know, yeah. uh, to do things like that because it's totally changed now and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but back then, it was domestically, we only had two subs as well, so um, it was hard enough to get into the team at some point, but there's only two subs as well, so it's really restrictive, so that rule in Europe helped. Like some say, as I said, the young Scottish boys to get involved in it more. But no, as I said, leading up to the game, there was a couple of injuries. I can't remember offhand who they were. I know Coisty was out. Goffey was carrying an injury, maybe one or two others. And uh, Goffey, I think, came off at half-time, 2-0 down. So for us to actually come back against the eventual winners of the Cup, and I, I, I genuinely think if we had another 5-10 minutes, we could have probably beat them. Because the crowd had really lifted us. They had sort of stopped attacking, really, and they were trying to defend. And I, I think we may have another chance, you know. We could have took it that night. Everything was sort of going our way. And with the results the rest of the season, you wouldn't have put it past us, you know. Yeah. What, what do you remember about the goal itself? It was an incredible header. I mean, you must have watched it a good few times. You've worn the tape out, I presume. It was just one of those ones I get told by Archie and Mott Gone just to get in the box, try and create something, get us a goal type thing, you know. That's basically what the way they see it. I was a, only a box, penalty box striker, so I didn't really need too much encouragement to get in the box. But at, at that point, I think, remember Durant, he got the ball on the ball in the halfway line and he spread the ball wide in the, the left wing for Alexi. It's just, it was like a, just a, a sprint basically to get any position in the box because I knew he could deliver a good ball. He struck a great ball. Uh, the chinks and get myself in the box. Obviously, Mark was sort of up very still, just alone for himself. Durani was sort of in behind him. The ball came over great. It was one of those ones like, as you said, it was horrible conditions. And to try and take a touch in swirling conditions, the wet ground and all that, it's going to be difficult. So I decided earlier, if, if I get a chance here, I'm just finishing it back across the face of where the goalkeeper's coming from. And uh, fortunately, I'll, I'll sort of it went well, you know. Yeah, and it, it wasn't just any goalkeeper, it was Fabian Barthez, wasn't it? It was Barthez, and obviously a lot of the players absolute legends. They, as I said, they won the cup anyway, but um, they've been only better clubs and bigger clubs had better careers, a lot of them, you know. And, um, as you say, there's some greats in that team, you know, Desai actually got his top that night. But you still got it, have you? So I've still got Desai's top. Um, but like it's, it's a who's who. A lot of the players, big European players, World Cup. I, 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 I went through medals. the team myself. Just for, I couldn't believe it. You have got Barthez, Anglima, Bolly, Sozé, Desai, Boxic, Voller, Pele, Deschamps. I mean, it was some team. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, a lot of top class European players there as well. You know, and to, to draw with them at home, a weekend squad, and then draw away as well, uh, spoke volumes for us. Uh, the Rangers squad at that time, and obviously you played a part in the, the equaliser as well. It was a it was a fantastic team goal, um, but the, the ball got played into you, and you sort of hit flicked it with outside your foot. Was that an absolutely deliberate pass? It was an incredible pass. Oh, God. Ah, it was a, yeah, because um, the tackles were flying in as well. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a case of one of these ones. It was a wee bit. The thing was, I broke my leg a couple of years before that, and Gerani had been coming back as well at yeah. that time. So we played several games in the reserve together. So 
saw the link up well together. So I knew that Frank was giving me it. He was wanting to stay back. He was going to. He wasn't going to stand still. He was going to make a run. So I did just flick the back into the area for him. It was a case of me trying to get back into the box after that as well, you know. Um, because obviously when you're up front with Big Mark, he, he terrorised defenders a bit, you know. And if he didn't get it, he would put them off and something might break to you. So you've got to get in the box on the bottom. So, yeah, that was my thought. I was definitely deliberate, but I didn't want to take a touch there because um, Durante wouldn't have been happy and I was probably going to cloud as well. Yeah. I was, there was some pass. Um, just moving on to the sort of second leg. I mean, I've watched a bit of the video today. I remember the game watching it on telly as a youngster. Um, what was the atmosphere like? Because, you know, you see the, the flares, it looked crazy. It was, uh, it was a bit intimidating atmosphere, but it was one of those ones that everybody relished it, you know, in the Rangers sort of squad. It was, nobody was intimidated in the dressing room, you know, and the boys were all together. And, there was a bunch of men, you know, that was playing for Rangers back then. Um, I look at the squad now and I'm not too sure how certain ones would handle maybe that type of atmosphere and stuff like that. You know, you would maybe compare it going to Parkhead, I suppose, but um, they're playing, playing in Marseille against great players. But the boys, uh, they didn't shirk it at all. They relished it, really. And looking back, obviously, to that period... Marseille did go on to win that cup. Mm-hmm. However, it was pretty much tainted by the subsequent revelations about Bernard Tappy and um, bribery. How, how do you look back on that? Do you think that that was prevalent at the time? Did you get a sense of it at the time? Do you know what? You hear stories and there's all these rumours and stuff. I can't say. Look, when we were going into the dress rooms at half time, Bernard, there's a tunnel sort of area underneath before you go into the dress rooms. And uh, Tappy was trying to talk to the referees. He's talking to them, talking to them. The referees waving them away. And Rangers, some of the Rangers officials sort of chased them away as well. But, um, that just shows you that he's quite open about it. You know what I mean? He was trying. You can't imagine a Rangers chairman or Rangers like been down in the tunnel waiting and the referees coming in. Yeah. So he can't be doing that. It just shows you what sort of mindset he had. Um, and uh, it doesn't surprise you when the other revelation to come out at a later date, you know. What, what would you have uh, felt like going up against AC Milan? They were obviously an unbelievable team. Marco van Basten was at his peak at that point. That would have been a great day, you know. It'd been a great occasion for the club. And obviously, played three games against Marseille unbeaten, which is something uh, AC Milan didn't manage to do. So who knows what we would have done? But I don't think it would have been impossible for Rangers to get a result against AC Milan. Because, as I said, the character that was in the dressing room, um, it was just full of people, as I said, men that were just up for the challenge. They were in it together. They weren't carrying anybody. Everybody was working their corner type thing. <laughs> they could have done something, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But uh, like I said, it would be great for me, obviously. Like, Van Basten is one of my big heroes as well. You know what I mean? Absolute legend. Um, grew up watching him Channel 4 and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Um, that's all thing. So that would have been great for me personally to be involved against something, somebody like him as well. But um, that wasn't to be. It's, uh, it's all in the past now, you know, and I'm not bad about it. But uh, looking back at it now, that's, is it 25 years, did you say? 25 years this year. My God, it's frightening, eh? It's, it's, I, I still find my young boy to. It's uh, 25 years. It's great. It's, it's an absolute million miles away from 
the club I know now. You know, the Rangers club has totally changed and they're always hoping that they can bounce back and they can do something along these lines in the future. But it's, it's a million miles away, to be fair, because I think over the last four or five years, definitely since the relegation to Division 3, the recruitment's not been good enough for me. I don't think they've not brought in any players that have added any value in the squad, really, if you know what I mean. They've not really... They've brought in boys that have done well and done stuff, but when you look at Celtic, on the other hand, who have brought in boys like uh, Van Dijk, Lanyama, all these other boys that have come in and Fraser Foster made money for Celtic. That's, I think that's the sort of blueprint Rangers should be looking at, doing stuff like that. And uh, they've no, and obviously financially, they might be a wee bit struggling just now, but I, I think that's what they should be looking for. And to be fair, the youth, the youth side of things, there doesn't seem to be anything coming through there. Celtic are beating Rangers at every level, at the youth level just now as well, you know, so there's no players imminent coming through, and they've had to lose the young boy Billy Gilmore who might have been a, a potential player. So <laughs> there's a lot of work to be done there. What have you made of Pedro Cascina so far? I don't, I don't really know. I think it's too early to say. We've got to give him a season, I think. He's come in last year. He's had his pre-season. He's brought boys in. You've uh, got to give him a wee time in jail. See how they, they develop. But um, definitely this transfer window, maybe even Christmas, but we're hoping to see like, maybe some fruits, some shoots of recovery there in some respect. But I think at times last season I've seen them and they've done quite well and I thought, yeah, they're going the right way. And then other times it was like one step forward, two step back type thing. So you've got to give them a wee while. Let them try and get away his method across, try and get what his, his, his thoughts and his plans are to the club. But um, it's, it's going to be a hard one because obviously Celtic are firing on all cylinders financially. They've got Rangers where they want them just now as well. They can they can hurt Rangers by bringing in boys like they did last season when they brought in Dembele and they brought in Sinclair, two really good players who done what they're supposed to do. You know, big signings and they delivered. Yeah. The managers come in and delivered as well. So Rangers are needing to sort of like maximise any signings they bring in. They've got to deliver as well. You know, and it's pointless bringing six or seven boys. Maybe one or two do okay. They need a lot more than that. And uh, you've obviously been retired for a few years now, Gary. What are you doing with yourself? Yeah. I still do a wee bit of coaching, and again, we certain things. Um, I'm at games every week, two or three games every week. Um, I've also, I've got my own company, basically, with that. But I've also sort of, like, I keep in touch with old managers and friends down south who ask me to keep an eye on teams and players and stuff like that. So I'm still heavily involved in the football, one way or the other. And... Uh, I've still, got, I've still got actively got my own company as well, with my partner, looking after players. Gary McSwigan, thanks very much for joining me. That's it for this episode. For all the up-to-the-minute football news as it happens, follow Record Sport on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or visit us at thedailyrecord.co.uk. We'll be back soon with all the latest talking points from Ibrox, Okinawa, and beyond. If you want to get the podcast as soon as they go online, please subscribe at iTunes, Audioboom, or any other good podcasting platform. Thanks for listening.